I have helped hundreds of men. Maybe we're into the thousands now. I don't keep that good of track of my numbers, but I know we're at the very high hundreds. I've helped so many men get their banter skills in shape so that they're able to get women off of the internet or off the street and onto a date. Guys that don't know how to talk or have rehearsed plan lines or bad pickup artist moves don't get the dates. Girls want authenticity. And I can teach you how to authentically banter, create attraction, flirt, tease, tease without offending her. I know that's a big thing you guys are always worried about. And be that smooth, easy breezy guy that you've always wanted to be. You can't do it unless you put in the work. So email me at Kristen at kristenandchill.com and we'll work something out. I want you to get your banter skills in shape. And if it's not your banter skills, I can make you a kick-ass profile. I've got the eye for it, baby. I know what women are looking for and I get guys so many matches. Why let all those guys get the matches when you can get them too? So again, email me at Kristen at kristenandchill.com and we'll figure out exactly what you need to get your dating game where it should be, which is way up high. Right now, it might be ankle height. And unless you have really, really, really high ankles, that's not very high. So I'll hopefully see you at kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have the amazing Talia Goldstein on from Three Day Rule Matchmaking Company. And she is going to tell us where to meet women, why post-date feedback is so valuable, what to look for in a partner that you're probably not looking for at this time, post-COVID dating and how it's different from pre-COVID and during COVID. This one you'll find really interesting. And we talked about a lot more. We talked a lot about matchmaking as well, which I definitely think that everybody listening to this show should pay attention to and possibly consider for themselves. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I am here by myself right now. Kristen may jump on a little bit later, but she is having internet issues. I'm putting air quotes because I don't really believe that, but I think she's going to come on in a little bit. But the truth is I don't need her because I have the amazing Talia Goldstein from Three Day Rule on with me. Three Day Rule is a national or are you international actually? Or national. National. Okay. Because I was like, I think you're international, but national matchmaking company, one of the top matchmaking companies in the United States. And I have her on with me and we are going to discuss where to meet women, why post-date feedback is so valuable, dating post-COVID, and we're also going to talk about what women say they're looking for when they go to speak to a matchmaker. Like that's where you get the nitty gritty real information about what women are really looking for in dating. So Talia, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. 
course. I'm excited to be here. So tell me, okay, how did you get into matchmaking? Were you naturally a matchmaker when you were younger? Like, how did you start doing this? I was really into matchmaking when I was younger. When I was in high school, I would host blind dating parties. And so I always loved it, but never knew it could be a profession. And then in my 20s, I was a television producer at E! Entertainment. I was on the show True Hollywood Story. And everyone around me was single. And so for fun, I just started pairing up my friends with my coworkers. Like successfully? Successfully doing it. Because it's hard. Successfully. And pairings that don't make sense. Like people that would never have met without the introduction. And so I found that I had this weird hidden talent and also that so many people were looking for love and having a hard time. Mm -hmm. So I began hosting parties outside of work just so I could bring everyone together and they became really popular. So we had 30 people at the first event and then 300 people. Oh and my then God. we were taking over these huge hotels like the London West Hollywood and Viceroy with 600 people who were looking for love. And so after some of those events, I realized that something was really missing in the market and I mm-hmm. could start a profession of matchmaking. And that's when I quit my job and became a full-time matchmaker. Congratulations. That's amazing. And Eat Your Hollywood Story is and was one of my favorite shows. So very good <laughs> work. Best. Very Thank good work. You. So I actually, I have a question about your, not your background, but like in the past and actually in the present now, because you're still doing matchmaking, what is it that you saw differently than other people? So, so like certain people select people in a certain way, but the wonderful thing about matchmakers is they can see something different that single people are not seeing. And you even said it yourself. You're like, I just paired people who were not likely and it worked. So I don't even know if the right word is like, what is your approach? But what what are you seeing that other people do not see? And how can the guys who are listening apply trying to use your eyes? You know what I mean? Like, how can they use this the same for them? So I think what people do is they use you know, some feedback from their parents or maybe from movies and they create this list of what they think is their perfect partner. But what matchmakers do is we read between the lines. And so it's helpful to have a third party do the work for you. So just to give you an example from when I was at E, I met this woman and she came to me and said, I want a Jewish guy in finance. And she was pretty preppy herself and listed all the things she was looking for. But as I got to know her, I realized she had more of an edge than she was saying. And so I dug a little bit deeper. And then I said, I have this guy at my office who I think actually could be an amazing match for you. But let me tell you what's not going to happen. You're not going to the Four Seasons. You know, you might go to concerts and have fun adventures. Are you open to it? And she was. And they ended up going out now they're married with a kid and he is a rocker covered in tattoos, long hair, but I could just tell their values were similar. And so they weren't actually the best match for each other. So often what we're doing is we're looking for what we want versus what we actually need. Right. And it's hard to do that yourself. That's why sometimes having a third party helping guide you makes it easier. Well, so how can guys apply this to use to online? I think the one thing that you said that's really important is the values. That's what you have to be looking for. Not necessarily she's five foot five, she's pretty, she's blonde, she has a job. Like those are sort of like headlines. You're looking for the meat. 
what would be some good guidance that you could give to guys on how to even look at online profiles to select women that are better for them? Right. So I think what happens online is men have access to women that they used to not really have access to. So mm-hmm. online, you're seeing these like gorgeous models with perfect filtered pictures, and you kind of feel like that's your person. Yeah. And you're excited about those profiles. But really, at the end of the day, it is about the values and the connection. I'm convinced people are swiping right past their soulmate online. Me too. Because I totally agree. Yeah. They're swiping on what's familiar and what you know, they think is the right fit for them. So mm-hmm. my advice would just be to be as open-minded as possible. Like if you see someone that you're remotely attracted to or curious about, you're better off swiping right and just seeing if the connection is there. By swiping left, like you've decided this is not your person and they're right. not worth your time. But really like the more opportunities you have, the better. And then to focus less on the superficial and more about how that person makes you feel. I love that. I absolutely love that. Kristen is here now. So welcome to the show, Kristen. This is Talia. I know you knew she was coming on the show, but she is an amazing matchmaker. And we were just talking about her background and how she realized that she was a good matchmaker. And she said that she just paired people up in a different way than other people paired up people before. She looked for different things. So we were just talking about what guys should be looking for when they're searching online, which leads me to asking the next question, aside from matchmaking, which is a wonderful way for people to meet other people, where are people meeting each other now? And where should guys go to meet great women? Yeah, I would say the sad thing is that people aren't really meeting outside of online dating. I think we've lost the art of communication. Mm -hmm. Women really want to meet outside of the apps. They don't like being on the apps. It's a frustrating process. They would so much rather meet organically, but people aren't approaching them as much as they used to. Yeah. So you really can find success meeting people out in the real world. I always say the world is a singles bar. If you can meet your person anywhere, we, we didn't match them, but we found out a couple recently met in line at Jersey Mike's and they just ended up they getting just hit married. it off. That's amazing. <laughs> they hit it off. So your person can be anywhere. I think it's important to look up from your phone, really make eye contact. Women want you to approach them and have a conversation. It's scary, but it's so worth it. I totally agree. Yeah. So it's anywhere. It's the dog park. It's Starbucks. It's definitely any events. What do you think about being more specific, like going to singles events or going to meetups or going to... Like, what do you think of those groups? I think they're great and definitely. More importantly, I feel like you should just live your life and do the things that you love to do. So if you're a runner joining a running group or mm-hmm. you know, if you're into art, doing an art class, just follow your passion and join groups. So that way you're doing something that's fulfilling and also an opportunity to meet people. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Kristen, do you want to chime in at all for that? Because you're single as well. So maybe you want to know where to... <laughs> well, I'm actually not single oh, anymore. Oh, there you go. Never mind. <laughs> Tell us everything. <laughs> news alert. <laughs> yeah, big news alert. So my new relationship, very serious, very quickly, we did meet online. But I knew who he was because he is involved in comedy, in stand-up comedy. So I was familiar. 
but didn't know him, know him. So it was a familiar, like, like you're saying, joining things that you enjoy or going to places that, you know, you know, people maybe will be like-minded is important because I think our connection comes from both Mm -hmm. having comedic I love it. I absolutely love it. And I think Christian just froze. So that was a good thing for you to insert (laughs) into the podcast and now you're done. (laughs) But I want to jump to the next topic that we wanted to cover with you, Talia, because I think you'll have a lot of insight on this. But dating post-COVID, what is that looking like right now? Yes, it's an interesting time. COVID really slowed things down, which I think was helpful because you couldn't date five people at the same time. It's just Right. Wasn't possible. You had to slow it down and focus on one at a time. So we saw a ton of success in COVID. But a major change post COVID is that people now can work remotely. Mm-hmm. And so they're open outside of their city. So we've had a ton of success San Francisco, New York, Philly, DC, like all over. We even have had people that traveled to the US, signed up with us, and moved back to Australia. Now they're in successful couples with our clients. So most of our clients are telling us they're open nationwide where pre-COVID, it was like a 10 mile radius. Yeah. So I think if you are having trouble in your city and you're open to traveling or you can work remotely, it's worth it to expand, especially as you're doing online dating, just test out a new city. That's actually really interesting because I have a lot of guys, not a lot, but I have a, let's say 20 or 30 guys that write to me and say, I live in a small town. I bought your program. I have three people to use it on. What can I do? And I'm always at a loss. And I I usually advise, you know, you have to broaden your circle a little bit, go interact in other places for your online profile, search X number of miles away. But that's hard on a person to travel so much, especially when they're dating online, because you know that people flake more and it's like a numbers game, right? Matchmaking is a little bit different because you kind of, they're pre-selected people for you. Both people are going to commit to meeting. So it's, it's worth it to go the extra distance. Online's a little bit different. But I love that you said that people are more willing to travel and look outside their area. Yes. And I think during COVID, people became used to virtual dating. So even yeah. if you are not willing to get on a plane to meet the person, you can still do a video call and see if the connection's there. Even yeah. a handful of video calls before you meet in commit. person. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Or if you know you're going to a city, let's say you're traveling to LA, you just stack some matches while you're there, while you're visiting. Oh, see, that's really smart. That's very, very smart. I saw a lot of that online as an online dater for a long time. People saying willing to travel or, you know, in the city for this week, still open to meeting, blah, 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 you know, or travel mode where like on Bumble, you can select you know, a different city. I mean, you can on all these different apps, go to different cities, but on Bumble, it specifically will say is using travel mode and put you in X city. So people will know that you're not from there because it will say using travel mode, but it's communicating that you're looking for people in other cities. Is that what it's communicating as a woman? Did it say to you, I'm looking to sleep with women in different cities or I'm willing, like, what did that say to you as a woman? Sometimes they'll specify like, you know, here for the weekend, looking for someone to to show me around. And obviously we know what that means. Show me around your vagina. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a tour of the vagina. Here's the one pink part. Here's the other pink part. This one's a little darker. (laughs) This pink part. But then, you know, the other guys that I saw with travel mode, not all the time, but sometimes would have written in there, 
looking to meet someone outside of my own city. Okay, interesting. Or, you know, something to that extent. So it did seem like it was becoming more common because I didn't see that before COVID. That's interesting. That's an insight that I'd never heard anybody else say, but I think that's a really important one because the truth is everybody's so accessible now. The only difficulty is that if you do fall in love with somebody who's far away, then, you know, you're in a long distance relationship and potentially have to, well, most likely one of you is going to have to move if you want to make it serious. But if you're open to that, then that's a very viable option. And each city is so unique. So, you know, the women in LA are a little bit different than the women in DC and yeah. San Francisco. So it's also finding a, who you're going to vibe with and yeah. testing different cities. It's worth it. And it's something that you can approach in the beginning, whether or not you're willing to relocate, you can just get yeah. that out of the way from the start. So when you talk to people for matchmaking, if they live in San Francisco, right? And they're telling you about their values, do you just say, ah, you're in the wrong city for that kind? Like, do you say that sometimes? Like, you should be dating in New York or you should be dating in Atlanta. Do you say that? Yes. Oh, definitely. I have a, a male client who's in Santa Monica. I absolutely adore him and I will find him as person, but he's looking in LA and I'm convinced his girl is in DC or Philly mm. or maybe okay, New York. So smarter, down to, right. It's like intellectual. Exactly. I mean, there are our girls in LA that are intellectual, but I just have a feeling he's going to have better luck in one of those East Coast cities. So now we're opening up to a nationwide search and I think that's going to do the trick. So my current boyfriend, he's New York, New York through and through. He grew up the East Coast. It doesn't get more East Coast, New York than him. And he did live in LA for a while. But when doing my dating search, even when I lived in LA after breaking up with my boyfriend, I was like, my guy is in New York. I mm -hmm. know he's in New York. It was just the vibe, the energy that I was looking for is a New York person. And it ended up, I mean, you know, who knows what will happen? I think we're pretty serious, but it was exactly as you were saying, like, the certain types are in certain cities. And I just knew in my gut, I'm going to find my guy in New York. I just knew it. And so, yeah. yeah, it's true. The energy is varied from place to place. And this was the right place for me to find somebody. But that's good that you know that. Can you tell me maybe a little bit about different places in the country that have different types of women? Because I think that would be really helpful for the the guys who are listening. Yeah. Well, LA, because we have Hollywood, it just tends to be a little bit more superficial. And we have a lot of models and actresses walking around. And so some of the guys have out of their league syndrome. You know, you think that you're going to date J-Lo and it's just not going to happen. So I did date J-Lo, so it's not impossible. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, true. Nothing's impossible. <laughs> it just is a little bit more superficial. And some guys love that. We have a lot of men, for example, in San Francisco, I really want an LA girl. And so we're matching mm -hmm. them SFLA. DC, as an example, they're a little more focused on ambition and career. It's less superficial. We have a ton of success stories in DC. It's just a little more real, I would say. Mm -hmm. Focus more on values. Philly's pretty similar. New York, you have a lot of like high power career women. New York's interesting because there are more single women than men. And mm -hmm. so the ratio's off. And so it's a little bit easier for men in New York. Yeah. And Chicago, it's sort of just Midwestern vibes. It's like good values, wholesome. Exactly. Yes. It is so Midwestern vibes. 
So they're all a little bit different. I mean, Texas is obviously different. And of course, you can find like a New York girl in LA. But if that's what you're looking for, you might as well just open up your pool to New York. 100%. If you want something, you don't go to like the outlet store that might potentially have what you're looking for. You go to somewhere that has everything that you're looking for. So, or more options, right? It's great if you can find five great New York girls in Los Angeles. But if you can date, or choose from a thousand, then, you know, it's better options for you or better possibility of you meeting a girl that clicks for you. Mm -hmm, Yeah, exactly. We had this female client during COVID and she said, I only want someone who won't wear a mask. I don't want someone who won't wear a mask outside. And everyone in LA was wearing a mask. So we said, you're better off in Florida. Like for now, at least like move to Florida. And she did and found her person. She moved? That's crazy. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think that's awesome. I do want to take a quick break because I want everybody to hear a couple of words from our sponsors who help us stay on the air and they're wonderful. But we'll come back and we're going to talk more about post-date feedback and why it is super important. And then I want to talk about matchmaking because I love matchmaking. I wish more people could do it. I wish more people could afford it. And I know that you have solutions for people so that they can do it. They can afford it. And you'll tell them a little bit about it. So we'll be back in a minute. So it's time to say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods of managing your money and say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. So Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. I don't know if you guys know this, but over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. And I was definitely one of the 80% until I started using Rocket Money. Seeing all of those debits when I went through my account for things that I wasn't using was so painful. Don't be pained by this anymore. It's a waste of money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com ask. That's rocketmoney.com ask. One more time, rocketmoney.com ask. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your Super Bowl betting this season. Get analysis of every play, every prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds and team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With betting options for everything from the national anthem to the halftime show and even the Gatorade bath, Bet Online is your Super Bowl headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to check out the most comprehensive Super Bowl info on the web. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to get in on all the betting action. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. 
To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, we are back with Talia Goldstein from Three Day Rule, the matchmaking company, national matchmaking company. So Talia, let's talk a little bit about post-date feedback. I know we're jumping from the previous topic. It's not really directly connected, but I want to talk about it because in matchmaking, you get post-date feedback, right? You get to hear where it didn't go right, what you can improve on, or where you did wonderfully and what should never change about you. But in the real world, you don't really get that feedback. So I'd love to find out if you know of a way that guys could get that post-date feedback without the matchmaker's assistance, obviously. Yes. So in matchmaking, I think it's the most valuable part of the process. The way that we work is we set up two people, they go on the date, and then after they both give us feedback. And that way, there's no guessing. They know exactly how the other person felt, but then they really get to understand if they are coming across the way that they want to. So anyone can sign up for free even to join our three-day rule. And if you do go on a date through three-day rule, we'll still deliver you the feedback, even if you're not a paying client. If you go on a date and we get the feedback, we're happy to share it with you because we want everyone to learn from the experience. Yeah. But if you are not using Matchmaker and you are heading out on a date, and it, first of all, I will say, if you are interested in the person, you better be crystal clear that you are interested because from my end, I see a ton of miscommunication on dates where people are actually interested, but the other person doesn't think they are. And so they don't get a second date. So if you Mm. are interested, you have to show interest. So even saying like, oh, I had a great time. Thank you. That is not good enough. You need to be clear to say, wait, as a woman or as a man? Either one. Two different stuff. Really? Everybody has to be clear. So what is the right way then to give that feedback? So instead of saying like, this was a great time, is it, I really liked you. I'd like to see you again. Yes. Or I had a great time. We should do it again. Or I'd love to do it again. Or you can even do it mid-date if you're having a conversation about a museum or a concert, you say, we should go sometime. I think that so-and-so is going to be in town. We should go. So it doesn't even have to be at the end of the day. At some point, showing interest that you want a second date can make a huge difference. Is that what you hear from a lot of women that their biggest complaint is, I don't know how it went. I couldn't tell. We have so many stories of people making assumptions. So I'll just give you one example because it's pretty recent. We set this client up a woman or a man? A man with a woman. Okay. And he was the client. They went on the date and he really liked her. But he came back and he said to the matchmaker, I really like her, but out of respect for her, I'm not going to ask her out again because I know she's not interested. Mm. When we followed up with her, we found out she actually was really interested and she wanted a second date. What happened was on the date, she was yawning. And he assumed that she was not interested and that she was bored, but actually she had a really long work week and she was just a little bit tired, but she wanted to go on a second date. So through our matchmaker, we're able to say, you both like each other. You should continue dating. But in the real world without... Right, the intervention, they would have said, see you later. Exactly. He wouldn't have asked her out again. See, that's also helpful advice as well for guys. 
our show is mainly for guys, but for, for men who are listening, that if there are things going on that may be taking you away from the day, that if you're too tired or you're too stressed, whatever it is, you should just say it at the beginning of the day. Would that be something that's helpful for guys to do is to just like announce it and just say, I'm like so tired. I'm going to perk up in a minute, but just know I've had a long day of work. I'm just a little bit tired. Yeah. And I'm excited to be here. But most importantly, they just have to either ask their date out again on the date or at least tell them that they had a great time and then follow up the next day and ask them out again. Okay. Otherwise, you just might miss an opportunity if you're not crystal clear in your communication. I love that. Well, so actually, let's just jump into matchmaking because I want to really find out more about how this process works. Because how do you, I know you have a gift for it, right? But I know you also have tons of other people who were on your team to match people up. Like, how does it work? Do people just come to you and say, this is what I want. And you say, no, this is what you really want. And then we're going to, then I have a, a pool of 10 people that I can choose from, a pool of a thousand. Like, how does it work? Yeah. So anyone can sign up to join our network and that's free. It takes about two minutes. You create a profile. It's all private. Then you're assigned a matchmaker and I'm on this matchmaking team where we will interview you and get more of a sense of what you're looking for. So we're asking questions about like your family background and your parents' marriage and your interests and work and what you're looking for. And then what we do is we'll help you create a list of must-haves, nice-to-haves and deal-breakers. And we'll do that for you because most people haven't created that list. So we'll usually say, based on what you just shared with me, I think your must-haves are these, these are your deal breakers, and these are your Mm. nice-to-haves. And usually they say, yes, you're right. Right, right, (laughs) right, right. If they decide to become a client after that, it starts at 5,900. That's the client side. Then we pair them with a matchmaker that we think is a good fit. The matchmaker gets to know them a lot more on a personal level. We really have to become a team and learn more about you. And then our job is to go through our network to find anyone who could be a fit for you and interview them. So we're essentially oh wow, going on all of your first dates for you. And we're just sending you ones that are most compatible. And that means you have shared values, some similar mm-hmm. interests. They meet what you're looking for. We think you'll find them attractive. We'll ask you to send photos of your exes or women that you find attractive so we can get more of a sense of your type. So we'll take a yeah. lot into consideration. By the time we send a match, we know she meets what you're looking for. We feel it's a personality fit and she's excited to meet you. So we take care of everything and then we'll present the match. They go on the date and after we get feedback from both sides. And then we can iterate, you know, if you come back and say, okay, now I realize this other thing is important to me, then we can make small changes along the way. Usually our success stories end up marrying someone a little outside of their original criteria because it's a journey when we're, you know, going on the dates, we're getting the feedback, we might have to make small changes along the way. Right. But you're adjusting it as a team, which I think is, is really helpful. How long does the process typically take or what's the average? People sign up usually for three months or six months at a time. Six months is the most popular, but we can nail it in three months too. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Is there any interaction between them before they meet on the actual date? Do they have an opportunity to talk on the phone or text or is it completely nothing until the moment they're there? We really try to make this process feel organic, like a friend is setting you up. So once we have approval from both sides, we give the guy... The phone number, he calls, sets up the date, 
and then they go on the date. So it's best not to have the date oh, okay. over the phone. You know, the phone is just to schedule the date, but they do have a conversation ahead of time and then they'll schedule the date and then they'll both report back to us. I love it. And then clients also get a separate person who's their dating strategist and that's to dig deeper on anything that comes up for them. So that might be flirting techniques or attachment style or vulnerability. It's specific, you know, unique based on each client, but they have their matchmaker for day-to-day advice and then also the strategist. That's amazing because I was actually going to ask that, like what if guys are a little bit shy or if they're not as confident? Is that something you're advising them on that it'll might be more challenging for them to date or really you're just offering them the solutions, right? Right. So we're the best friend, the cheerleader, the therapist, the coach, we're everything wrapped into one, but absolutely that's a huge part of the process is making sure that everyone walks away a more confident dater. Mm-hmm. So if you are a shy dater, like we might do some role playing with you or come up with some stories that you can share, or some questions that you can ask. We're really helpful for people to navigate the beginning stages of a relationship. Interesting. How do most people take the feedback that you do give? So for example, if they go out on three dates and the women say, oh, he, he talks too much, like are people open to hearing that kind of feedback? Or are they like, no, no, that's me. We'll just find the right girl. Usually they are open. Sometimes the feedback can stink for a second, but it resonates and it's so helpful. I think the toughest feedback to hear is no spark. Like when a, you know, a guy keeps getting the feedback over and over, he's so nice, he's amazing, but there's just no spark. That is so hard to hear. So mm-hmm. then, you know, we can work with them more on... Oh, okay, good. That's what I was going to say. What do you work on them with? But that's a perfect answer. Yes. So flirting and just having like a little bit more of an edge. I mean, being a nice guy is the best. Usually consistent nice guys win in the end, but sometimes you need to up the ante a tiny bit. Exactly. So we'll work with them. You know, we'll encourage them to sit next to the person on the date instead of across. We definitely avoid coffee dates, more of like a sexy vibe. We have stylists on our team. They're welcome to work with a stylist. Like there, there are a handful of things that we can do to help them. That's amazing. Usually people are really receptive to the feedback and appreciate it. Okay. And how much is it again to do this for three months? Three months is 5,900. 5,900. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. Okay. And it also includes a photo shoot. So we take new pictures of them. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So they get like all the coaching, they get strategy, they get feedback, and they get you to pick out women for them. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And usually we can get some high quality women that maybe they can't online is it's a lot easier for us to vouch for them. And woman to woman, you know, they really trust us in our opinion. So it just is an easier process where mm-hmm. it's hard online to represent yourself and to say like how amazing you are, but it's pretty easy for us to do it on your behalf. Yeah, that makes total sense. Kristen had something that she wanted to say. Do you guys find that a lot of guys are looking for women quote unquote, out of their league physically? And then how do you adjust maybe their expectations of what's realistic? Definitely that comes up. And as I mentioned before, we ask people to send photos of women that they've dated in the past and find attractive. That's why we ask for past relationships because Mm -hmm. if you're sending us all celebrities, that's going to be pretty challenging. So we need to see who you've dated. And we'll be pretty transparent. You know, we'll aim for who you find attractive. Absolutely. And I'm confident we have those women in our network. But if they're not reciprocating, we'll explain that to you. Like part of this is that there has to be mutual attraction. 
some matchmaking companies match blindly. We don't. Mm. We share photos before. So everyone knows what they're getting into and they're excited, which I think just has a higher chance of success going into the date. So if we're aiming to get you these certain types of women and they're not reciprocating, we'll, we'll be open and honest about it in a kind way. I love that. I love that. I think that's wonderful. All right, I'm actually going to wrap up the show because <laughs> I think I got all the information that I wanted unless Kristen has any other questions. I mean, I could go on and on now that I'm in a relationship. I feel like I know everything now because I was just in the war zone for so long. But yeah, this was really interesting. And it is hard out there. And I have so much empathy for everybody, including myself. When you're online, it is really, really hard to represent yourself. And I did come across a girl. I was swiping through one of the apps and it was a girl who worked for a matchmaking company. And, you know, she said, would you want to be, you know, part of our system or something like that? I didn't go forward because I was thinking that I would have to pay. But I realize now from what you're saying is that the women don't have to Even the men. pay. You know, they're not the client. Yes. Right. Even the men. Yeah. So I think that that is something that is good for people to know that they can still be part of this process and not make the investment. Exactly. Yes. So, Most of our success yeah. stories are one paying client and one free member. So really nothing to lose by joining the network. How many people are in your network? That's a good question. We have about 170,000 nationwide. Oh my God. I caramba. That's amazing. Wow. Wait, what's the ratio men, women? It's 60% women. No, and it's 40% men. Yes. This is wonderful. We need all the guys. All right. Well, hopefully you will get them from here. <laughs> That's surprising. To is me. it really? For matchmaking, it's different. It's different. It's referral based. So usually we match couples successfully. They tell all their friends and the women just happen to talk more. Like I think yeah. they'll tell 10 friends and the man might tell two. Right. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Yeah. I'm sorry the timing is so off, but I want to actually ask you regarding asking for feedback. You know, when it comes to using a matchmaker, they have that accessibility to that without doing it themselves. How does a guy ask for feedback on his own to a girl that he went on a date with and it didn't work out? What's the smoothest way for someone to do that? You know, once you've established it's not moving forward, then you can say, I really enjoyed meeting you. And, and I'm like on a, the quest to find my person. If you have mm -hmm. any feedback from me, I would greatly appreciate it. I love that. Yeah. You're not going to get a response all the time, but you will for some of the time. And hopefully somebody's nice on the receiving end and, and they'll understand okay. that this is helpful for you. And I'll obviously take advice with a grain of, or the feedback with a grain of salt. But if you keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again, it might be something for you to consider adjusting and see if it changes the outcome of your dates. I am going to wrap up the show now because I know that Talia has a hard out and I want to give her some time. But thank yeah. you, Talia, so much for coming onto the show. Again, it is three-day rule matchmaking service. Is there a website that people can go to? I'm assuming it's three-day rule. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. You just have to spell out the number three, but it's three-dayrule.com. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. (laughs) New episodes of the Ask Woman podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show and share our show with any other guys that you think this information will be helpful for. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. 